Hello, hello. You are listening to the Salon Owner School podcast. I'm Sam Huber, the CEO here at PIP University. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. To learn more about PIP University and our course for salon owners, Rich Life CEO, you can visit us at pip-university.com. But for now, let's dive into today's episode. Enjoy. All righty, welcome to our shittiest decisions that we made in 2022. <laughs> and boy, I got a lot for you. <laughs> oh man, where where do we start? Does anybody want to go first? You go first, Jen. Oh my gosh, I was sitting up this morning drinking my coffee. Like, golly, I have at least a, at least three that I really <laughs> were really bad. But then Heather said. What about when you started coaching to the service total? So, yes, that would be definitely the biggest one for 2022. I created uh, two especially little hair monsters. Um, one book was almost 200K that I built in less than two years. Uh, and then and normally, historically, we build a six-figure book in three years or less. So, like, I beat my best in 13 years. And then the other one's 130K and she'd been with us like eight or nine years. But man, Heather had warned me like not to coach to the service total, but I've been doing that for 13 years. Like we were commissioned. So that's what we've always done. When we moved to hourly, I didn't really shift all of our mindsets like I should have. And what they don't realize is like we spend 2.5% of total revenue on marketing. So for this specific 200K book, it was $100 a day in extension ads. So, of course, we built extension business for her super, super quick. Now, she's very talented, came with a lot of experience. However, she just discredited what the salon was doing for her. And then we have three girls up front running the the phones and calling guests that aren't pre-booked and checking on new guests 48 hours later and you know get into the mommy's facebook groups and they bring about 7k every two weeks to the book between add-ons getting lost guests and then finding new guests they also discredit that part and then i guess they just think that everyone should make 100 percent of everything so for 2023 i will not be bringing any awareness around service totals in fact I wish I could just dump it all into one pile and not in specific team members because it's really not their bucket at all. Yeah, and what what Jen means by that, guys, is, and we talk about this, this is a reoccurring conversation between us where we wish we could just not have service sales go under anyone. It just be service sales. Obviously, there's there is benefit to having key benchmarks for for everyone absolutely i say this almost every clubhouse i am totally for running a democracy however there's a point where it becomes too much of a distraction and that's what we are always trying to figure out because it's an epidemic in our industry it really is and jen towards the end of the year she really noticed that in her company with specifically specifically one person that had just been relentless for the last two years with constantly having to be coached around that money mindset and mentality and just a little bit of greed right there. So it's something that we're always talking about. And I wonder if we'll ever figure that out, Jen. Ugh, I don't know. I'll let you know how this year goes. But 
you know, one, that one specific person pretty much took out the majority of my team. I was able to, to keep as many as I could, but I mean, it was two of them at the same time and she taught the entire team how to do commission math and she just a very, very irresponsible thinking, like no fact that the business helped her do this. She didn't do it on her own. She didn't know a soul. Like it's just, it's mind blowing. Yeah. And a big lesson learned for, I mean, I've already, I learned the lesson a couple of years ago. Jen just really learned it this year. And it really does come back to like this, this chick is a great chick. Like she's extremely talented behind the chair. So much of this, including what I'm going to share is mindset mm -hmm. within our people. It's mindset within our people. And whose responsibility is that? Ours. Yep. It's really, really easy. And Jen, you have said this so many times. Like, I do not feel like, because, you know, we talked about this every single day when all this was <laughs> happening. And I don't think at all that you were in blaming mode. I, I didn't see you blaming, but you, you were taking a lot of responsibility for mm -hmm. the mindset that she was allowed to have for the last two years. And that type of thinking... I, I would say it was encouraged just because it's the only thing that you guys ever, you know, mm -hmm. had known, but ultimately everything that we're all going to share obviously is our responsibility. So I don't want anybody to think that we're blaming, you know, anybody on our team or anything like that. We get to take ownership for this. Um, Jess or Jesse, do you guys have any discussions about this? Yeah, I think I'm finally um, back and ready for signal. What I really wanted to say at the start of this as well is that the whole reason that we can even have the topic of the shittiest decisions we made in 2022 is because when you are a trailblazer of an owner and you're willing to be in the arena and try really scary shit, sometimes those decisions <laughs> don't necessarily work out. So, you know, oh, yeah. that's why we face, I think, these you know, types of obstacles because we're willing to push past the fear and the stuckness and try something new that you ultimately don't know if it's going to work out yep. or not. But um, yep. to to add to the hour or to the um, coaching on numbers, this is something that Jen and I felt very similar about, you know, that we talked about this with Heather about not coaching to the numbers. And we started off 2022 not doing that, but then we fell right into it because it was what was comfortable. Um, and I had a really, it really ended up being a great conversation with one of my team members, but we compensate hourly as well. And once she realized what she was doing and realized what her hourly rate was, she was getting ready to get a promotion. Um, but she had in her mind what her promotion should be based off of looking at it from a commission standpoint uh -huh. um, and not all the other things that we contribute to her growth. And thankfully, and for, for my case, we were able to have like a very, very honest um conversation that got a little ugly for a second there you know emotions were high but we were a lot of able to have a lot of breakthrough and um i felt like for us we kind of got by like with that and i i told my leaders this is a non-negotiable in 2023 we are not coaching to the numbers it's it's a non-negotiable like i don't you know because i i think that since we were all comfortable with it it was easy for them to fall into it and for me to just be like, okay, yeah, you're right. Like, let's just keep continuing yep. down that path. Yep. Right. And yep. so, but now I'm like, no, I get to be their leader and, 
and we we are not doing that in 2023 so um i wouldn't say that was the like i didn't have an experience like jen did but definitely had eye-opening conversations around it that Mm -hmm. that gets to change Mm-hmm. I'd like to add too, like, I think this was a big aha. Heather or Aaron, one of them brought me into awareness. It's like our husbands, I'm just going to use that as, as an example or like spouses, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're working this corporate America, corporate America or wherever they work. They get a, per- they don't get a percentage of what they're doing in the business. There's a percentage of total revenue that's allocated for payroll. And then they get a portion of that. So it's like they start focusing, and I guess that is really just because we were all in the commission model mindset. It's like, this is mine, and then this other piece stays in the salon. But now that we're team-based, essentially, you know, we help each other. We do everything for each other. We blow out for each other. We shampoo for each other. I mean, my my three front desk girls are, are shampoo and hair, and last week they're blow drying hair. Like, there's nothing they won't do. So it's like we get to start focusing on there's a percentage of total revenue that we're going to allocate towards payroll. You're not going to yep. get the percentage of what you're bringing to the table. Yep. So yep. Mark asked a question. He said, explain your perspective to coaching to numbers. So when we say numbers, we're not talking about benchmarks. Obviously we want to coach to productivity. We want to coach to guests purchasing retail retention, all the things we just don't want to coach to what their chair is specifically doing when they're behind the chair because it took three people to bring in that revenue your owners the marketing you know all of those things so that uh, hopefully that kind of answers what he's asking yeah it's more coaching to the service sales so if you've got somebody that's doing 15,000 a month or the whole i'm trying to hit 150,000 in service sales for the year we don't coach to that anymore we are not commission salons either. We pay our teams hourly and we've just noticed that that's irrelevant for us. How much service sales they bring in is not a benchmark that we look at in their career path. Obviously leadership is looking at that for sure, but it just creates a distraction and unnecessary conversations exactly like the one it sounds like you had Jessica, where you said it got a little heated. It's like, well, how can we avoid those conversations all together if that's really, really not important? There's other things that they can focus on that ensure the service sales will be met. And that's just the stuff that leadership is looking at on the back end. Why not make it as distraction free as possible? And honestly, promoting good vibes, promoting healthy mindset where yeah. we're not focusing on greed. We're not focusing on this is mine and this is yours. And so that has, I knock on wood, I do not struggle with this anymore. I mean, two years ago, cause I was adamant and one of my leaders really battled me on this. I mean, hardcore. And so I said, okay, I get to, uh, I get to try what you want to do. I get, I get to try it out. And I told her, I said, but the first person that leaves and mentions, well, I brought in this and all I was paid was this the first time that that happens we're going back to what i want to do and then sure enough within one month we we lost two really really good producers and they were both really excellent girls really excellent i would hire them back today and then ever since that moment that was in august of 2020 we changed everything and we have not it's just been really really good for our culture so 
that has really helped us. We can, um, let's move on to the next, to somebody else's. That way we don't spend so much time <laughs> on this one because people that are not hourly. Jessica or Jesse? Yeah, I, well, so mine is mindset too. Like, I mean, it's a different situation, but it's all, it comes back to that mindset. And, you know, myself as an owner, actually, you know, putting out the right mindset first. So mm. I guess mine would mm. probably be the, and I'm struggling with how to say it. Like I probably stepped into the arena of giving my team too many freedoms all at once because I really wanted to, you know, change with the times and, and give them yep. what they yep. wanted. And so I yep. dove head first and, you know, I'm a systems kind of girl and I had all these systems, all these guidelines, but I didn't change them to reflect the new freedoms that I was, you know, just handing out, you know, a lot of freedom of schedule, a lot of freedom of, you know, let's talk about where your pricing's at, all that kind of stuff, which I don't necessarily think those were the issues. Um, we're actually still, I, I'm still giving my team that, but I, and Jessica knows this because I've been like chatting with her about it and um, completely redoing all of my guidelines and policies and systems um, so that, you know, now that it's 2023, my team has a very black and white like, you know, we have these freedoms. This is how we have them. These are the guidelines you have to follow in order to keep them. And I, so all of 2022 was just kind of a, I don't want to say free for all because I am a very responsible leader as well, but it was more uh, free for all than I've probably ever had in my business. <clears throat> and I have, and I have an incredible team and they're, they've been with me for a long time, but then we added a couple new people and that I think was when it really became hard because they saw yep. all the freedoms that my, you know, my senior people have, have been enjoying and they were responsible about it. But because I had new people who didn't know expectations and didn't know me that well, it just kind of blew up in my face. So it's mm -hmm. not their fault. It's totally my fault. So now moving into 2023, that that's been my big shift is my mindset shift, helping them, you know, know what mindset I need them to be in, in order for everyone to enjoy these freedoms. So mm -hmm. that was my big one for 2022. Yeah. And I think that's too, really to go good. along, yeah, like to go along with that, it's like our, our team has requests, but we get to make them too. So there's like a way to be able to meet in the middle. And it just sounds like that's what you're, you know, getting back to right now, Jesse. It's just been like, okay, we've provided all these things for you guys. And now as a business, because we're still an operating business that needs to be able to, you know, sustain, we have requests that get to be met too. And, and I think when you're able to, and honestly, I know it probably feels like a shitty decision, but really when you think about it, since you have such a great team, I think when you give first like that, not maybe in every case, but like when you give first like that and they see like, okay, she believes in us enough to be able to provide all these things for us. When you then make a request, I think it's going to be heard on a different level and there's going to be a lot more respect there because mm -hmm. they saw what you were able to provide for them too. 
Yeah. And, you know, I mean, as you guys know, my big thing is bringing my team into decisions. So especially my, you know, senior people that I've been working with, I kind of, you know, laid it out there for them too. Like, Hey guys, this is where, you know, I'm seeing issues with what we're doing. Do you, have you guys noticed anything? Have you seen anything? I'm going to start, you know, um, kind of detailing systems and policies around this stuff. What, what do you guys think needs to happen? And so, you know, like I said, I've got an incredible team. So they really brought a lot to the table that I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. So I'm always a big proponent of, of bringing in at least the people who really know you and know and believe in the vision. Totally, totally, totally agree with that, Jesse. Um, I will, I will go next because I have a plethora and I'm going to try to make this as succinct, as succinct as possible. So at the end of 2021, um, we, we did a big hire of, of new hires. And I will also say this, this has kind of been a thing that I noticed with what you said, Jen, and what you said, Jesse, um, it's almost like if our company stayed the same with our veterans, there's things that we could get away with that would just be fine. Like if my company was only my veterans and we were never hiring new people, could we get away with coaching to service sales? For sure. Because my veterans are bought in. They understand how business works because they're the ones that I talk to about our P&L, all of our expenses. They know that Meatbeat isn't keeping every dollar. They know that when we bring in 110,000 for the month, that $60,000 is going right back out the door just for payroll. They're very, very aware of that. It's the same thing with um, our sign-on structure and um, our guidelines. There's things that we've done just like what you're saying, Jesse, that if we just kept doing those and there was some gray areas, it would be fine because we all know each other. The veterans are really good communicators, but when you are a growing company, that is when it becomes ineffective for new people. It's mm -hmm. unclear. It's, it needs to be black and white. So they are, so, so they're just clear on everything that's happening. So I want to make that distinction for, for people. If our companies never progressed, some of this stuff will be totally cool because it's just people that you trust. But for us to grow, we're always learning where we could have done better. We brought in four new hires from October to December in 2021. So our utilization, we literally struggled with utilization all of 2022. Our utilization ended at the year probably like 56% for the year. That is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and we've never, and we're going to be 10 years old this year. We have never had a year where we were in the sixties. It's always been 75% or greater. So that was really, really scary. Now, granted, we still hit a million dollars because we, we made a couple other changes, but I really didn't like the fact that we were averaging 56% utilization for the entire year. But because we brought those four people on at the same time, so January of 2022, listen to everything I freaking changed in my company. We raised, this is the biggest thing, we raised our haircut pricing. Haircut, blowouts, any, we call it 
technical pricing. We raised that from essentially $80 for the hour to $116 for the hour. Huge, huge increase. We got rid of tipping. So we became a no tipping salon. Now, when we did that, so our team was taken care of, the average tip amount in my salon for 2021, sorry, it's my dog, for 2021 was 22%. So everyone on our payroll got a 22% raise to their hourly. So payroll skyrocketed. That was a huge risk that I took. Reba. <laughs> That's a huge risk that I took because um, I wasn't going to go to no tipping and make sure that my team wasn't taken care of. I, no one was going to lose money. We also got rid of no double booking. So why did we get, you guys hear a lot of us talk about that every week on Clubhouse, but I want to be very, very clear. We got rid of no double booking, not because I freaking wanted to, not because I thought this was this grand idea. It was because when I brought to my leadership team, we're going to go no tipping. They said, if we're going to go no tipping, we have got to give the girls no double booking because we, so now it's like somebody comes in, they get a color, they get a haircut and we charge for the process time. So the guest pays for that process time. And so we made all those changes while we brought on four new people. Because I made all of those changes at the same time and utilization dropped, I don't know what the bottleneck was. Could it be that we, we hired four people at a time? Could it be that we raised our pricing from 80 to 116? So many things happen at once. And this is, you. it's so important to be able to identify the outlier. That way you can make changes. And still to this day, it may have been, you know, a combination between everything. It may not have been, but to be really honest with you, if I'm, if I'm still, if I'm thinking responsibly, I really do believe it's none of the above. I believe that we could have had a, a even a really killer year and our utilization been in the seventies with all the changes that we had, including high, like putting four new girls on the floor with no books and all the other changes. If I would have been a thousand times more hands on with the minds of my team, because now what I'm constantly doing is having conversations and coaching. And I know Jesse, you said this first, it starts with mindset, but it's often your mindset my mindset to my leaders this year and honestly just to my salon has been, there's been some resentment there and some like what the hell are you all doing what is going on because i'm constantly battling the um the thoughts on well how much is she making per hourly because remember they're not getting tips anymore or well she needs a raise because she's not making enough money or our utilization's low because we're too expensive well i see 50 something salons that are in Rich Life CEO that I have their financials. I know exactly what their pricing is because we helped create it. And I can see that we are not quote unquote expensive. Now to 90% of salons out there, we probably are expensive, but to Rich Life CEO, we're not expensive. We are right where we should be. It is a fair exchange. And we believe that the, I believe that the guest gets more value than the money that they pay. 
I didn't do a good job of explaining that to my team of building up their mindsets around the experience that they deliver to where they could stand in confidence when they are telling a guest, your haircut experience with us today is going to be $116 because the guest isn't paying a tip on that. All of those things. I mean, I had a hell of a year this past year where I felt like it was just an uphill battle. And, you know, part of me wants to go to the, the tangible stuff of that with all the changes that were made. And my leadership team is constantly in my ear about that, like the changes that we actually made. But I really think it's just all mindset. My mindset with not being so negative around the goals that they weren't able to hit, that we, like even right there, me saying they, the goals that we weren't able to hit this year. And then, then the, getting them out of a mediocre way of thinking. I have a lot of mediocre thinking in my salon right now. And that's a reflection of my lack of leadership, period. And I do want to blame right now. This is me being totally freaking honest because I know that I'm not the only owner that feels this way. It was a rough, not even a rough year, but like the last six months was really, really trying to me. And um, I get to look within and know where do I get to be better and know that it's not really always the systems that I'm putting into place. Like, Jesse, me and you, I feel like are really aligned with the way that we lead our teams. I like the military style of leading. I like systems. I like structure. I think they are extremely beneficial. And you can do that and have a very, very fun freedom within a framework type of salon. Because mm -hmm. I feel like that is what creates excellence. I do not want to be mediocre. I don't want to create mediocrity. I want excellence. If my people are going to be in the salon four days a week or three days a week, I want them to be able to put in the value and the contribution that's going to allow them to experience the life they want to have. And that does not happen when you show up mediocre. And we've allowed mediocre in the company this year. And it's we're that is not us. That's not the core values. That's not our mission statement. And so I get to really reflect on what that looks like. And the last thing that I'll say, and then I'll let somebody else talk, is um, one thing that I did all of those things. And it wasn't, I didn't hear those from anybody else. Like it wasn't like these trends. And I did a lot of things, but like, the no Saturday thing has been a big thing. Like Jen, you implemented it. And honestly, I think it worked pretty well for you. When, when you guys are hearing us talk about all the ideas that we're having, you know, in every other clubhouse and all the things that we're implementing, I think it's so important that you hear where we fuck up, like where we just missed the freaking <laughs> mark. Because yes, one thing, am I breaking up? Mm. No, you're good. Um, one thing that like I didn't do this year, thank God, because I'm like the company would have tanked, is I didn't do the no Saturday thing. I'm like, hell no, we are not close to that. We are, we are not even close to that. I just implemented, I'm trying to get myself out of the shit storm that I just started with implementing <laughs> these five new things. There's no freaking way. Do I want my team to be able to have off on Saturdays? Yes, we are not ready for that. So as you're hearing us talk about no retail commission, no Saturdays, no double booking, no tipping. Make sure that you are really looking at your company and you're identifying what, what can we handle right now? And let's do one step at a time to make sure that the challenge just doesn't become so big. Because I will say this year was a really, really big challenge. And we made it through because 
I just have so much experience of like eating shit sandwiches that I know I'm not going to die, but also I have an incredibly <laughs> strong leadership team and that helps. So any discussions that we can have around this guys? Well, yeah, I, I think, think oh, go ahead, Tessa. Tessa. <laughs> oh, I was just going to, I'm sure people will want to know, like, you know, you reflecting back, is there one particular thing that you implemented that you really wish you wouldn't have? Mm. Oh gosh, that's good, Jesse. Hold on, let me Sorry. think about that. No, that's really good. I got one. No Saturdays. Oh, so that didn't work for you. I mean, it's working, but um, I mean, you have to think that's a le one less day. But that you lose this year, even if it's three grand. Say that again. Yeah, I said you could have brought in a lot more revenue, but you still did really good this year. Like excellent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, and I also wonder, Jen, like the thing is, is that you took a heavy hit with losing those service providers. So that might cloud the decision a little bit on yeah. the no Saturdays because yeah. you just haven't experienced yet what a full year could be like with cl being closed on Saturdays with your leadership. You, you know, you have Kaylee, you have all those people to help like take your company back to where it was. And honestly, I don't think the Saturdays are a direct reflection on, on that. It probably just feels that way in this moment because there was other shit that happened that is, is making it muddy I, personally, I think, but what do I, yeah, mean? I think that's you know? a, I think that's a good thing. I would agree with that. Jess. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going no Saturdays right now. This starts this next week. We're closed this week. Um, and we open Monday the 9th and I am so freaking excited about it. But to, to add to like what you were saying, Heather, is that we could sit here and say like, we're going no Saturdays. Well, for us in our salon, people have to understand that all of our veterans didn't work Saturdays. So mm -hmm. for us, Saturday was not a heavy hitting day. Mm -hmm. um, they're all during the week. So it's like, okay, well, we can shift that one day where we don't bring in as much revenue um, and just bring it in in the middle of the week instead. So yeah. And mine yeah. is the exact opposite because we right. hire, none of my veterans work on Saturdays, but my new girls do. And that is the day of the week where they are absolutely booked. And it was too much of our revenue for us to be at 56% utilization for the year. It would have been so irresponsible and it would have been me trying to keep up with the trend. That would have been yeah. the only reason so I could get on clubhouses and brag knowing that I'm like, D my business is dying because I've got four <laughs> new girls on payroll that all start off with pretty decent hourly rates because we got rid of tips and they don't have anybody on their book. But Jess, you, your all's utilization was a lot better than mine because you guys didn't hire four people at, at once. Right. Yeah. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. I'll let you know if it's the city, the shittiest decision of 2023. <laughs> the, I think most of my veterans weren't working on Saturdays either. And that was what kind of forced us into just closing because when we parted ways with two other people in the beginning of the year, it left like one person working with two or three newbies. So I was like, screw this. Let's just be closed. Yeah. For the newbies, it's just an easier day to, to fill them because they're still learning. Like we focus heavily on not pre-booking the end of the week, the end of the days. And they're still, they don't have that skill set. So they're jamming up their Thursday and their Friday, but then they're sitting around Monday and Wednesday. I mean, yep. eight hours with not maybe one appointment. And it's like, just trying to, if you can really teach your team to focus on how they pre-book so that you can leave 
the end of the weeks and the end of the days for new guests, especially if you're marketing, if you're spending money to get new guests in and you can't get them in, that's where it sucks. Mallory, do you have... Oh, go ahead. I just want to know... Sorry. (laughs) I was just going to say that could be a whole... The no Saturdays and the pre-booking and all that kind of stuff, that could be a whole clubhouse on its own. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you're right. I want to hear from Mallory real quick, too. What was your shittiest decision, Mal? I I made some notes because sometimes you reflect and you're like, okay, I got to narrow this down. Um, But my shittiest decision, I would say, is not trusting my gut when it comes to employment changes. And, you know, we're wrapping up our year two and Jen has been coaching us pretty hard. And she knows like we for the entire year have been in recruitment mode. We've only been open for four years we're really looking to fill every chair and like really maximize um really maximize where we are at sales wise and fill our chairs but you know the whole hire slow and fire fast when i don't listen to my gut i'm upsetting that principle and you know it can sound like a harsh principle but it's like you know you really want to get to know somebody before you bring them on and when it doesn't work sometimes you just have to cut that cord and I think I come from things with a perspective of, oh, just a little bit more time or, oh, we could have been more clear or, oh, you know, giving so much grace to a point where it starts to affect your culture. Mm-hmm. Um, two situations, very different situations, but to this past year that it's like, I need to listen to my gut and know that when this doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah, that's very solid. Actually, I, I'm so glad you said that because we experienced that this year as well. Um, with somebody that we had hired for our sales team, our front desk. And I really am adamant in making sure that we're giving somebody the best opportunity and we're coaching them to the best of our ability before we go ahead and cut ties. Um, one thing that I heard that I that really sat with me is that that helped me make that decision of like what you were saying, like just trusting your gut and letting it go is that when you have, like, they tell you to hang around your top five people, right? The people that, like, help you be a better person. Maybe they're more successful with from, or than you. Like, who you surround yourself with is who you get to be. And if you surround yourself with five shitty people, more than likely you're going to be a shitty person too, right? And it's your responsibility to be that way. Your teams don't get to choose their five. We're responsible for choosing their five. So if we're letting those people stay, we're choosing who our team gets to be around and then it will directly affect your culture. So that's so I think good. That's, yeah, yeah. I, that, so good. that hit me like a shit ton of bricks. So Mallory, I think that that's, yeah, that's a, that's a good, that's a good one. Well, and I think too, you know, this was a year where I peeled myself, you know, at Jen's suggestion and my leader's suggestions in, in the salon with um, like peeling back from behind the chair. And now, you know, starting next year, I'll be out from behind the chair. So I wasn't there every day to see what was happening and see what was going on. So I needed to lean on my leaders more and not second guess or not give myself you know, tell myself a story of what's going on and just take their feedback and just like digest it and make moves based on that. Because it's also navigating, you know, not being there every day when at one point, you know, I really was there every day to see all of it. Mm Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a huge transition, Mallory, because like I was forced, I'm never in my salon because I'm so far away from it. But for me, one big thing is the numbers tell a story. The numbers tell a story. I can look at our benchmarks 
all of our benchmarks. And really, I don't even have to look at service sales. I can look at benchmarks. I can look at reviews and I can see what people are posting in Slack. And it tells a pretty truthful story when you are, um, when you're analyzing them every week or every day. And Jesse, I would say that is my biggest, that's the thing I wish. It's not like, I'm really glad that we hired all the people that we did because they're all still with us today and they're special. They're really, really good girls. And, um, they have great personalities for our culture and I, I'm in love with their character. All of them. I love their character. I don't regret going no tipping because I love that our girls can see all of their money on their paycheck. They don't have tips that they get from Tempe deposited into their bank account and then taxes from the tips taken out of their checks and their checks are really small. They see every bit of compensation that the salon provides them on their paycheck which also makes their, everything's just more clear for them. Um, we absolutely had to increase. That's the only reason that we were able to still hit seven figures and increase our technical, our haircut pricing because 70% of our hours go to haircuts. And we were still, we were only at 56% utilized. I mean, that was, it's so we see a lot of white space, but our, our revenue increased. So it's like, I really, they really were all, smart decisions and benefits came out of them. It really comes down to the thing that I wish that I would have done is been more hands-on as a leader. There was a lot of things in 2022 that the first time in my adult life. So since I was 19 years old, my personal life took a front seat for the first time ever. And I had, I had five months off this year, probably even six months completely off of work. So I wish I would have been a little bit more hands-on with the salon and by hands-on, you know, I can't go in there, but really in Slack way more communicating with the whole team and my leadership team, just building connection, building relationships to kind of get their thinking to allow me to coach more effectively. That That's the one thing that if I see where was the mark really missed that created a domino effect, it's that. It's totally that. Cause I let store, they were allowed to tell themselves stories throughout the whole year. Like we're too expensive. I'm not worthy enough. This is because we hired too many people. It's cause we got rid of no tipping and none of that was really the case. If I would have gotten to their mindset before those stories started developing, what could the year have looked like? That makes sense. I mean, I feel like that's pretty much all of our decisions, really. Like we said, it all comes back to our mindset first. Mm -hmm. You know, your team yep. can't believe in something if you don't. So <clears throat> got to get your mind right and then coach to your team. Jess, did you share? Um, I just added in about the really about the um, coaching to numbers, you know, coaching to service sales. Yep. Um, and yeah, for me, I mean, it's like, I, I actually had this conversation last night with my husband that, <clears throat> you know, when I, I first took over the salon in July and then so much shit hit the fan that I really wasn't able to get in there and coach my team in the way that I, I wanted to. And I, I feel like when the dust settled a little bit and I was really able to get in there and start we've had, we ended the year on a really, really strong note and it felt really good. And 
um, you know, it's just the tip of the iceberg for, for me. Um, and coming into 2023, being able to just have my head on straight and um, really give my team more power um, and give them the leadership skills that they need. And I'm excited for that. So I didn't have too much, just just really, I think what was a big eye opener for me, just it didn't hit as hard um, as you guys have experienced was just coaching to the numbers. I feel like we kind of got away with it. <laughs> And so, um, in 2023, it is something we will not, will not be doing. So that's really it. Awesome. This was great. Yeah. I liked this one. All right. Well, thank so, you guys all. Um, yep. A reminder about the, yep. Have at it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so next Monday, January, that's Monday. Yeah. January 9th at 6 PM central time, we are going to be hosting a free class <clears throat> and it is on payroll. So redefining your payroll to map, like for it to be really where you need it to be, to be a profitable uh, company. So if you are interested, if you're already not signed up for that, go to our Instagram, find us on Instagram, follow us if you don't. And <clears throat> excuse me, DM us mastermind and you can get signed up in 60 seconds or less. It's it's really that easy. So, um, and if you have any questions at all around it, you can ask that in our DM on Instagram as well. So we're looking forward to that already next Monday. It's crazy. It is, it is. So thank you guys so much. We appreciate you guys being here. Bye guys. Bye, Bye. see you later.